The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You are now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. And Synchronicity has brought me an amazing guest, somebody that's got me inspired to really do more in my life. And um, what I'm talking about, my guest is Kevin McShann. And Kevin was uh, introduced to me um, through the synchronicities of life, uh, we were actually, uh, uh, I was put onto a, a platform called Podmatch, and um, I put my profile up there, and uh, Kevin has, a, he's, a, he's a professional podcaster. Uh, his team reached out to me and uh, my assistant, and um, we got booked on a show. And I fell in love with the guy. Um, I fell in love with, um, uh, he's got some challenges, which we'll be talking about. He was actually born with spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Now say that fast four times or five times or six times. Spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. What it basically means is that he he was born lacking oxygen to his legs and he wasn't supposed to be able to walk. That's what he was told when he was a kid. And um, so you're going to hear his story today. And, um, you know, I talked about this earlier with some other people um, this morning about his story. And it's like, God, if people listen to Kevin and, and if they're kind of stuck in their life, whether it's their health or their finances or their relationships or their spiritual path or their career, whatever it is, and you hear his story and you don't realize it's like, wow, you know, this guy probably has it off a little bit better than me and he is he is just thriving in life, like thriving. So I'm hoping, I want to bring him on so he could tell his story to hope help get some of you unstuck, if that was the case. Maybe you just need a little bit more more of a nudge uh, and realize that maybe you don't have it as bad as other people and that you could really make the most of it like Kevin did. So, Kevin, hey, I want to welcome you to the show, my friend. And Tim, it's great to see you, and thanks for the invite. And I'm so excited to be here this afternoon. Thanks for having me on, my friend. Dude, it's my it's my pleasure. So let's just uh, go right back into your, your backstory. Uh you know, back when you were a kid and you got diagnosed um, with the spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy, you're not supposed to be able to walk. Um, what was that like, um, you know, being a kid and going through that? And then bring us through that process until you're an adult and what you're doing today. Yeah, so Tim, I have to tell you that I love living life. I think it's one of the fundamental greatest gifts that we can all uh, be given in life because, you know, we're all given a deck of cards and lights to stack in whichever direction, whichever direction we think will be most uh, useful. Uh, so in terms of my personal uh, health story, you know, Tim, I found out at nine years old that I wouldn't be able to walk for the duration of my life because of the severity of my uh, cerebral palsy without assistance. You know, I remember it uh, like it was yesterday because I found out the day after my last surgery uh, and I had to go uh, back to school the next day. And 
before I left the hospital, we went into a conference room with the doctor. And the doctor told my parents that uh, the surgery was a success, but unfortunately, uh, I wouldn't be able to walk without assistance for the duration of my life. And, you know, the, the next day started my fourth year of elementary school, and I credit my middle school principal too for changing the trajectory of my life because Dr. Carol Crowley, who was my principal at the time, uh, got me into her office and she had everyone assigned to my uh, file from teachers to social workers to therapists and my parents were there and she left a big space in the middle of her office. Uh, and the day I came back from the hospital and I went through the story of what the doctor had said, and then Dr. Crowley at the end of my story, she looked at me and she said, the only limitations on your life are the artificial ones that you place on yourself personally. And I really think that was the turning point in my life. And you should also know then that I was born three months premature. My birthday's in January. I was supposed to be here the middle of March. Uh, and I was also uh, born with an identical twin with who was also diagnosed with uh, cerebral palsy, but my brother grew out of his when we were three and a half months old. So that's part of my uh, physical story. I'm happy to elaborate on it if you wish. But that is, that's my story. Well, yeah, I think that, uh, that you know, a lot of us can relate to that. There's a, that turning point in our life. And this is, this is a really important point when you're talking about that principle that kind of, shifted the direction of your life for you just one person this is like the power of community this is the power of connection this is the power of like knowing we're all connected and compassion inspiration this lady basically set you down when you were young and said look the only limitations that that are going to hold you back are the ones the artificial ones that you put on yourself everything else is uh totally uh she was she was talking about abundance and it didn't matter how it came. And um, man, was she right. Is is she still alive? I believe so. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen her in a while, but uh, I believe she's still around. And if I ever do find her again, uh, I have to thank her for uh, changing the course of my life because she played a big part in it. Wow, man. I'd like to be a part of that. You should, we should reach out to her and get a hold of her. But we should find out. Absolutely. Yeah. That that would be really cool. I bet that would be a very special moment for her to see, you know, how far you've come. Pretty awesome stuff. All right. So you, you went you went through all this. You actually went through a surgery as a kid. That was probably pretty scary. You're told you're not going to walk. You get the surgery. It didn't work the way it was supposed to. Um, you got to see your brother uh, transition out of it, um, kind of get his health and his life, you know, going like, you know, most people do. Um, and then, but you just kept going. So what was it like, uh, you know, being a teenager, but you, I guess you had this different attitude. What was it like growing up as a teen? You know, uh, our family model around here is that everyone's portrait of success is different. And, and, you know, diversity of perspective is a strength. So I, uh, uh, originally went to school to become a sports reporter because my uh, family is big into a sports. My brother played high school and college football and basketball, and he also ran track uh, during our high school and uh, college years. So 
I, uh, unfortunately, because of my disability, couldn't play sports, so I wanted to cover it. So I did all goes back to painting a different portrait of success and making sure that my fingerprints of difference were etched into the sand in a different and unconventional way, but conventional to myself, for sure. Awesome. So you became a sports reporter. That's pretty cool. You got to stick in a career that you liked. So then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you graduate high school. Did you end up going to college or? Yeah. So I graduated high school in, in 2007. I, I uh, obtained a, a journalism degree from our community college uh, here in Windsor. And then after graduating college, you know, uh, it took me uh, 60 years to get my first paying job because when I would apply for a journalism jobs at the time, uh, news directors would look at me and say, you're an amazing person and you have a lot of energy. But because of your disability, uh, we, we view you as a liability uh, to put out into the field. So again, that was a... a uh, one of the reasons I became a motivational speaker and sort of uh, hardened my own path because no one would hire me out of college. So what happened was, uh, outside of when I graduated college, I spent four years as a volunteer uh, sports reporter, and I eventually, after covering 50 stories as a, a volunteer journalist, I've been in sports reporter for uh, a local television station, I hosted a, a pilot program called uh, No Limit, which was intended to uh, highlight the positive benefits of hiring folks with disabilities. And through that, I worked with the Ontario government. Uh, uh, in my first paying job I got in 2016, and that was to go around and telling people about the diversity of hiring folks with disabilities and also uh, the positive benefits they can add to a workforce. So, again, it's all about overcoming obstacles and painting uh, your own portrait of success, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I forgot. You're up in uh, Ontario, Canada, correct? That's where you were born and, and yeah. where you live. So, yeah. yeah, so very quickly, I'll tell you, I was almost an American kid, Tim, uh, so... My mother and father, uh, because my dad's American and is originally from Detroit at Mississippi. So uh, my parents were coming back uh, to a winter from Detroit in the tunnel. And my mother went into labor with my brother and I, but they made it across the river in time. So I'm a Canadian kid. That's my story. Okay. <laughs> so you're almost American. And your mom decided to have you in Canada, so now you're Canadian. I'm Canadian, but I still uh, take advantage of Turkey Day. Once a year, I never complain about it, okay? All right, Thanksgiving. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past you to give thanks. have two Thanksgivings, Kevin. That's pretty sweet. Uh, well, it's a hard, hard life and a hard uh, uh, gig if you can get it, then for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I know my dad was like... Uh, he, he he likes it. I we actually do that sometimes. Like we'll all cook him up a, like a, a turkey or something like that. And he likes the turkey sandwiches the day after and the day after and the day after. He likes making those turkey sandwiches. All right, all with a good old fashioned turkey sandwich. For 
Yeah. All right. So that's cool. All right. So, and and then now you transcend. Now you're uh, you're actually a, a, one of the things you do is you're motivational speaking, and people are hiring you. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about that and what you're doing right now? How's some of your recent gigs you've done? Yeah. So I recently uh, did a speaking gig for uh, the Canadian Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, and we talked to uh, between 150 and 200 as uh, human resource and other professionals in the field of hiring about the diversifying their workforce. I also talked to organizations about creating an exclusive culture with middle left. So what does that mean? That means diversifying perspective of how they look at the hiring process, how they treat employees. I also recently was the uh, keynote speaker at a annual general meeting for a, a disability organization that works to regain more uh, open, inclusive, and independent culture uh, for folks with uh, disabilities here in uh, Windsor and Essex County. And I also worked, uh, Tim, with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. I was the first regional ambassador for uh, something called the Discoverability Network, which was uh, the province of Ontario's uh, uh, first official online job matching portal for employers and, and people with disabilities to get connected. So, uh, you know, Tim, I live my life through the saying that inclusion is the gateway to independence because if you don't include people, they can't gain a sense of independence. So that's sort of my motto. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, I, we, God, I can't remember who I was talking to. It might have been, might have been you. I think no, I think it was. I've, I've actually talked about you a lot in the last week. I've been bringing up your story a lot uh, to people, and um, you know, there was this, there was this. Uh, when I was in, when I was in high school, actually, I was telling my son this. I was just trying to tell him some re- reflective. So, you know, um, I wasn't. Uh, well, I grew up in you know Eastern Oregon, kind of repressed and kind of ego-driven, you know, type thing, especially for males. And when I was in school, um, you know, we had we had kids with disabilities. And, you know, there was different ones, uh, you know, ranging from, you know, mild to severe where, you know, kids would have, had, one kid had to wear a, a football helmet because he would, he could literally hurt himself. He'd hit himself or bang his head on stuff. And, um, you know, you never really kind of got to know them like they were just kind of over there there wasn't their own lunch table that kind of stuff they're doing their thing and I think there was fear around it actually people so because kids had fear they would like you know put put them down right make fun of them and do stuff like that and so you know I got caught up in that a little bit not too much but a little bit you know maybe making a couple jokes here and there but nothing you know nothing they would hear but then there was this one kid that would sit by the table by himself he what he wasn't he was actually really smart. He'd be like, and I was like, I just saw him sitting over there. And then one day I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go over and, and sit down and talk to that guy. And I got up and they're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to go over and talk to this guy. And so I started sitting down having lunch with him. And um, he was really just a great person. He was an awesome human being. And, um, you know, I kind of became friends with him. And then people were like, what are you doing over there sitting with him? And it's like, well, I... I was like, I want to include him. Like, I just, I feel like, like I, and then I, I started liking him. And then all of a sudden my friends would come over and start setting with me and him. And, 
and um it was really cool and and you know i'd always say hi going down the hallway i just treated him like you know one of my friends on the baseball team or you know one of my one of my friends childhood friends that i grew up with and because i did i was growing up with him i was going to school with him and then i come to find out and, he, and i know he was he was disabled too because he had his one of his arms wasn't really working you know, he walked kind of along the edge of the hallway real slow, kind of kept to himself. And then um, I was asking about him in a reunion and they were like, oh, yeah, he's married. He's got kids. And, you know, I'm just like, that's awesome. I mean, that was freaking awesome. So like it's just it's like that inclusion thing is like you don't know what's like somebody like yourself that was born with a disability. Like, you know, obviously in your conscious mind, you didn't choose that. But that's the cards you were dealt, like you said. And then you try to make the most of it. But the thing of it is, is like if you don't understand somebody else just because they're different, right? Just because maybe their hair, you know, whatever, um, because they were they were they were born different or whatever. It's like you got to get to know people. It's just like you might see some great big dude. He's got big muscles and he looks scary. But then all of a sudden you meet him, you talk to him, and he's one of the most lovable human beings in the world, right? You just don't know until you really get to know people, and. It goes back to that thing I talk about all the time, Kevin, is that we're all connected. So I guess my message would be take the time to get to know people. And who knows? You might relate to them. They, they relate to you. They could become a friend. And everybody has uh, a lot to give. So I just really appreciate um, uh, the work you're doing. And is there anything you'd like to say about that before we bounce to the next segment? Yeah, I thought the only thing I would say is that, uh, you know, if I can leave a legacy of making sure that we sort of break down barriers towards inclusion, uh, that I believe will be my life's widest in work. Because, you know, just when I started my podcast uh, three and a half years ago, I looked at the world and I said there has to be a better way to sort of build communities and connected and sort of feel the vision that 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 have sort of made our world more territorial instead of conversational. So I want people to know that conversating with people that you disagree with that uh, that you agree with is important because there are, there's a strength and the power of diversity. Awesome, awesome. All right, dude, we're going to take a quick break. And listeners, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into what Kevin's doing in his daily regiments to maintain his muscles and his health and and uh, and get around on a daily basis. And um, the guy's doing great. So when we get back, we're going to get into more stuff because this is the Health Hero Show and what he's doing to stay healthy and fit. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body Turmeric 100 Liquid Drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution helps against inflammation and pain. Turmeric 100 is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% organic, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Arrows? Tim James here. I am back with my special guest, Kevin McShan, with uh, his podcast, Let's Have This Conversation, and his website's kevinmcshan.com. All right, Kevin, so, you know, you we were talking about how much you love 
like lifting weights and moving your body. Now, I know there's some fundamental things because what happens to your body if you don't maintain it and you don't lift weights? What, what would happen? Yeah, so if I don't move my muscles and lift weights and take care of my physical appearance and endurance, you know, uh, my muscles get dragged faster than most people and they, they become shorter. So anything I can do to lengthen any part of my uh, muscles in terms of my body or my uh, my uh, endurance level is important. So I do things like lifting weights, as you said, I go swimming on a regular basis. And I also, something as simple as walking uh, 30 to 40 minutes a day makes a tremendous difference for me. Uh, and I always tell people uh, that in life that we make time for the things that we prioritize. And prioritizing fitness is uh, cer certainly something that I say uh, it's a heart beat every day. You know, one of the daily challenges I give myself to him is uh, making sure that I'm active at least 10 minutes a day, whether that be walking or lifting weights or, or doing up, up down on my desk, like going up and down at my desk, uh, just to get my body moving. Because if I don't move my body, my muscles and limbs contract uh, faster than the average person. So health and fitness is uh, a big part of my life and what I love to do. So if you actually stop moving and you get more sedentary, your muscles will contract and that will actually limit your range of motion. Is that correct? That's correct. And I also, if I don't move my muscles, I get a buildup of elastic acid. I don't, you know what that is. So it's important for me to keep moving on a constant basis and making a fitness a top priority in my life. What? Well, tell me about this, man. So you weren't supposed to walk, how did you overcome and you're walking now can you how do you do that yeah so i walk with the assistance of a walker uh, i also have a group of uh, a personal support workers who put me through uh physical workouts to make sure that i get uh, uh maximize my uh physical endurance and my physical stamina so i walk with the assistance of a walker and with the uh, assistance of the staff of people who work for it. Well, you know, only thing I can think of, like when I meet people and and and, and people who tell me about, like, you know, when I get, I, I usually get right to the heart of things with people. I don't mess around too much. And when I hear people that they have a a ch health challenge or something they're they're overcoming or they want to overcome, my knee jerk reaction now because of the skill sets that I've developed on my own personal health and coaches 600 people and other thousands of people now globally is like, I want to help you. Right. So, um, we'll just do it right here live on air. It's like it, cause I have some ideas in my mind right now that I'd like to share with you and some things that I'd like you to try. And if you'd want to do that, um, and let me coach you just a little bit. Um, I'd like to do that. Is that something you'd be down to do? Yeah, absolutely. I've always opened up learning, growing and expanding. Yeah, and then maybe we could do something for maybe 90 days or 180 days, and then maybe see what we could accomplish and then have you back on the show to talk about your accomplishments with, with me. And Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'd still be open to that. 
Okay, cool. All right, we'll shelve that part for now, and then we'll connect afterwards. And um, you guys stay tuned. If you see Kevin McShann come back on uh, the Health Hero Show, we know we probably got something good to talk about here. All right. So I, I'm actually really excited, dude, because what you're telling me, it's like the lack of oxygen and lactic acid. I've got some really good ideas for this, literally on a cellular level to help respiration on your cells. And um, I'm, I'm pretty pumped right now. So anyway, okay. So, all right. I'm just really excited. All right. So we did, we were talking about uh, your, oh, your health and fitness routine, right? So you lift weights and stuff. You look like pretty good. Look like you got some pretty good muscle on your upper body and stuff like that. You're moving around. You're staying fit. The one thing that I want to point out is like, look, even if you don't have spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy, it's the same thing. If you don't use it, you lose it. Okay. Your physical body um, needs to be moved. Movement is key. It is absolutely key. And it's not like, you know, I'm going to go out and work out once and I'm going to be healthy the rest of my life. Everybody knows that's silly, right? It doesn't even make sense. You know, the blue zones, the people that live the longest, they, they, they coin these places, the blue zones around the world where they have the most centurions, most people that live to 100, you know, and they looked at the top four reasons of all those places on why people live to 100. Number one, lifelong friends. So tribe and community, which is Kevin is trying to build and bring people together, very important. Number two, uh, they respect their elders. This goes back to respecting yourself. It really does and respecting the elders and people around you and listening to their stories and that kind of stuff. Number three was 80% plant-based diet or greater. That was the third third commonality of the people that live the longest around this earth today. And the last one was they move their bodies daily. So part of the magic formula, Kevin is taking advantage of, Right. And I would incentivize you and implore you to do the same thing. If you're not moving your body on a daily basis, why? Well, probably because maybe you got in a bad situation, whatever, um, or maybe you just haven't prioritized your health yet. And what he said earlier about prioritizing, prioritizing your health is something that I talk about all the time. You just haven't made your health a priority yet. If you don't have the health you want, you have not made your health a priority yet. You have not taken and put yourself in the driver's seat. You're not becoming the captain of your life. You're riding in a taxi cab and the taxi's taking you wherever. You're like, hey, where do you, think about this, jumping in a taxi and they just, where do you want to go? Oh, I don't know. Just start driving. They could take, they might take you down a dark road that you don't want to be. There might be, some, you know, so like, why would you do that? Take control of your life. Be the captain of your life. Be the, be the, be the driver of your life. Take the reins and, and, and do what you want to do. Make your health a priority. Make your life a priority. Make your career a priority. Make your relationships a priority. And as you start prioritizing these things, you'll see all of a sudden you have uh, this energy comes out of nowhere and you actually start getting things done and the right people will show up at the right time to help you. That's just how things work. By Kevin's attitude right now and what he's accomplishing and what he's doing already, I'm inspired. I want to help him. That's just, it's a natural thing and this is how life works. And what's also cool about it is as you prioritize your life and you start getting improvements in your life, other people around you start seeing these things. And then you give them permission slips for them to change. That's how you help other people's people change. You help you help yourself. Help yourself first. Kevin, how would you like to speak on that for a moment? Yeah, I would simply say that, that we all have a chance to live a life of 
being a champion. And so what do we do that then in my view is make ourselves the a main character in a movie. And if we make ourselves the main character in our life movie, and then we uh, put together uh, uh, benchmarks or, or things we'd like to reach from a personal uh, uh, development and growth standpoint. Once we make ourselves the main character and work to achieve uh, our main mission in life, once we reach that climax or or the uh, ending of of our mission to accomplish that goal, uh, then uh, the reward on the back end is much more fulfilling because you're invested in your own yeah. Yeah, I was actually just watching a video. I recently got into doing jujitsu and um, really enjoying it. Um, especially in the beginning, you know, you kind of don't know what you're doing and people are just basically tapping you out and crushing you all the time. I got my first tap out. I think it was my fourth class. I tapped the guy out that was younger than me, so I felt pretty good about that. So that was cool. But, the, uh, but I was watching this video and this guy was, it was a, he was an instructor. He had this this uh, place and he said there's this guy and he's a brown belt and he was going to put him through an actual black belt test which isn't kind of common in jujitsu from what he was saying uh, very few people do it there's i don't know how the rest of them do it but so he actually was sparring with all these different people and he'd start in side control and he'd start him in full mount and all these different starting positions his job was to escape and get out of it and at the end of the deal, I mean, it was like, it was a lot, dude. He, he was like, he was rolling with like everybody. Everybody in that gym was taking a shot at him. And then at the end, and these were all really good people. Um, he said, he set him down and he's like, you know, please remove your belt. And he removed his belt and he handed it to the instructor. And then the instructor took his brown belt and then he handed him the black belt. And he said, you know, basically you've earned this. Um, he's now a black belt able to put the belt on and it's like dude it took the guy like 10 years to get to that point that's what you're talking about that climax right and it was like i'm watching it i'm watching it through a video and i'm getting emotional about it because i know how much work that guy put in right now many of us maybe we're not doing jujitsu but there's other things that you've done in your life that you've you know you've worked and you've worked and you've worked and you worked and you finally got to that climax and you achieved your goal and it's a good feeling. You could see everybody in that room was so appreciative, so excited for him, so inclusive. They were just happy for this guy. And I could see the look on his face. You know, might have been a little ego there trying to hold back the tears and the emotions. And he did a good job doing it, I guess. But I would have just let it all go. I don't I wouldn't care. But um, I, you could tell, like, he was, like, so he'd done the work and he was so satisfied for what he had done. And, you know, there was a lot of other people in there in the in the room that were not black belts. And I guarantee you he was handing out big, powerful permission slips for them to keep going and to pursue that um, that pinnacle of getting that black belt. So I guess that's just an analogy, man, of like like what you just said and and what you're achieving. So I guess, man, what is what is your goal right now? Besides, you know, um, what is your uh, business goals right now? Uh, so my goals from a professional standpoint are twofold. Obviously, I want to continue to grow and expand as a a public speaker and I also one of the the goals on my vision board series to 
uh, turn my podcast into a nationally uh, syndicated talk show that allows the all views and opinions to be heard by you and uh, process with the society because I want to make sure that uh, we continue the conversation of progress and the only way we do that is by having diverse conversations. So I have two goals, to continue to grow as a motivational speaker and to grow and expand my podcast into a a dastardly well, um, I, I already know that's already a done deal and you're just going to vibrate into that. And I can't wait for you to have me on your nationally syndicated show and introduce me as, uh, one of your helpers, one of your, as your health coach. How's that sound? Uh, yeah, well, it's another way of paying it forward. Life is all about paying it forward. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, well, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll get, come back, and we'll get more into um, you know what Kevin's doing in the workplace and helping others uh, with, with disability. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health, while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. And there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I am back with my friend Kevin McShan, kevinmcshan.com. Um, Kevin, you know, we were just kind of going into in the last segment about like what your goals were. Your goals were to, you know, continue to expand your skill sets and grow as a motivational speaker and to have a nationally syndicated um, uh, podcast. Uh, it could they, they could also syndicate podcasts into radio shows too. So who knows what the possibilities are with you, my friend. I already know it's a done deal out there in another time space reality. And all you have to do is keep raising your vibrational frequency and you're going to get there. And that's all going to transpire for you. And you're going to fulfill that destiny. You're going to help thousands and thousands, not hundreds and millions of people um, with your message. So I love your backstory. I love it. that You got off your duff that you have your podcast, you produce the podcast. Um, you're really into health and fitness, um, especially with, with, you know, the, the disability you were born with it's really important that you, that you're healthy. Like it's some, like, so you, you have a, you have like an accountability partner every, every morning when you wake up, it's like, here we go again. Right. Yeah. So that's all my hamstrings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got your hamstrings. You're, you have two accountability partners. That's yeah. cool. All right. So I know something that you were very passionate about. We've kind of talked about it a few times, but it's, it's the, you know, disability in the workplace. And you actually said that I think it's tomorrow. Well, but by the time this airs, it was just that it's like a, a national disability week. Is that what's coming up? It's a national disability pride month, Tim. So it's celebrating all sorts of uh, disabilities and uh, living life with a dis- disability and uh, br- bringing awareness to it. So it's uh, the beginning of July and uh, throughout the course of the month is. Uh, National Disability Pride Awareness Month. 
Awesome, awesome. And so with the disability uh, in the workplace, you talked about that a little bit earlier, but maybe you could expand on it. Like, So what are the challenges like that you see that people that are disabled have getting into the workplace? Because I can tell you this, man, like um, when I go to places to shop and, and, and do business with and stuff, I've actually met quite a few people that are disabled and like, I don't know what it is, but like, I end up be liking them like more than some, not that the other employees aren't cool. There's, there's some cool ones too, but it seems like there's some pretty special people out there and it's just like, they're out there hustling and it's just like, you know, I could go into Goodwill or I could go somewhere and I'm literally not just getting a good deal on some clothes or something. I'm literally getting inspired. It's like, just because I see them and I'm like, wow, they got up this morning they had a lot more challenges just to get here than I did. And they're hustling and they got a smile on their face the whole time. And it's the attitude is good. And it's just like, it blows my mind. Just like somebody, people just don't realize like until you don't have something, what you actually have, like just being able to walk, you kind of take that for granted. If you got two legs right now and you're listening to this show, it's like, Kevin's reminding me. It's like, wow, I got two legs. I don't even have to think about that. I just, I go walk, I run, I trail run. I do what I want. I lifted weights and stuff like that. And for you, it, it's a challenge every day, right? It's 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 something you're overcoming every single day to maintain that. You have to use a walker. It's like we take that stuff at advantage. So that's why I think it's so important. I think it's important to have people that have dis disabilities in the workplace because it's like having angels out there all the time, reminders of how good we have it and to stop being complacent and to start making our lives and our careers and, and fulfilling our destiny is what we want to do as a human being and make that a reality. I yeah, and, and when we talk about uh, disability in the workforce, you know, I think it was the institute, the Institute of Workplace and Health. I recently did a study that saw that between uh, uh, seven hundred and fifty and eight hundred thousand people with a disability who want to work, uh, who are being got out of the workforce simply because they have a disability. And, you know, when I worked for the Ontario Chamber, uh, then we did a study that found that uh, when you hire folks with uh, disabilities, it's not only uh, a nice thing to do, but it's actually good uh, for business because folks with disabilities stay on the job uh, and retain them at a 72% higher retention rate. They come to work. 86% of the time and 92% of businesses will hire folks with disabilities, increase their profits, uh, productivity, and morale of their staff. So it's right. also yeah. making a good business case on the why it's so important to sort of untap the uh, untapped segment of our population and put them to work. Absolutely. Yeah, I see that now. It's almost like you have many motivational speakers at the workplace inspiring the staff, the morale. That is so important, dude. I Because I was thinking about the morale basically of me as a customer. I wasn't thinking about it as the morale of, because everybody kind of, oh, this is awesome. It's pretty cool. So I, I get it now. So that does make sense. And so that right there for business owners listening, you know, you, you kind of hit them on their heartstring, which is profits. <laughs> as a business owner, you know, your job as a business owner is profitability, right? That's your number one job. There's no 
because without it, you're not going to be in business. You have to be able to pay payroll, do all these things. And you want to grow and you, you, you're doing the extra work, work and extra hard so you can have a life that other people might not be able to have. Simply, you get some freedom in your life if you build a good, good, strong business. The downside, I think, with capitalism in that, and I'm totally for it, I'm totally for it, is that there has to be an equal weight on whatever you do in business has to be good for the mothership, has to be good for this planet and the people and the animals and the creatures on this planet. And if we put both of those things as equal weight, whereas like, let's be, we have profit as number one, but a tie for number one is the planet and the people. If we took that approach, that's the, that's that's what's going to solve our problems because you know we, we can start getting into pollution, which is a huge problem. But I think having disabled people in the workplace is um, awesome. It's good for it's good for clients. People are going to come in. It's good for business. You just told me it becomes more profitable. It's great for morale. It makes more sense because the, the like as a business owner, who is your customer? Well, your customer is really your employees. And if you take really good care of your employees, your employees are going to take good care of the clients coming in and purchasing your goods and services. That's how it goes. So if you have a disabled person in your staff and they're going to boost morale and bring the, the staff closer together, more like family, you're going to be more profitable because this, the staff is going to be happier. They're going to be more friendly. They're going to be more likely to show up to work. I, I imagine that there's less less uh you know people taking time off and you know missing work days and all that kind of stuff morale is important dude because if you like you have somebody that's got a shitty attitude nobody wants to talk to him nobody wants to deal with them but if you have somebody with a great attitude i will literally drive an extra you know 20 minutes sometimes just to go to a place that has maybe the similar type of product or service but i know that i'm going to walk in there and i'm going to be treated like family and that that's it's relationships and it just shows how much we want connection. So do you speak about that on when you public speak about to your to business owners about yeah. increasing your increasing your profits? Yeah, I also talk to them about uh, unleashing some sort of a, a new customer base because as you know what what when you include uh people with disabilities in the surrounding communities. I think we did a, a study when I worked at the family and saw that uh, their access to, to between uh, uh, 250 and $275 billion of increased uh, capital if they hire both uh, with disabilities in it. And I love that you brought up relationships, because I believe that relationships are the heartbeat of progress and understanding. You know, building relationships is networking is one of my all-time favorite things to do because you know learning is growing and the only one we do that is by building a relationship awesome 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 okay well was there anything else that uh you thought was important that you wanted to share my friend yeah I, my closing message to anyone watching this or listening to it is this is the opportunity to advance your life in every aspect of your life. We we only have one life to live and we've got to maximize the moment. You know, uh, to the last thing I'll leave you with is this, you know, in line here, to the tragedy of life is that when you die and refusing to live like you still have air to breathe. And, you know, I always tell people that it's important no matter the, 
the size of your contribution, that you contribute to society and a conversation of progress because we can all sort of tap into that intellectual capital. So it's important to get off the sidelines and get into the game of life to still a sports analogy to end our conversation today. Well, Kevin, thank you. I appreciate the awareness that you shared with the listeners. Um, just to kind of wake up and start loving yourself, and to and to start taking action and putting your uh, your life as a priority. Um, perfect example here. Um, like I said, Kevin's story. You listen to him speak. I know it comes through the caring and the love that he has, and and trying to bring community together and build relationships. That's what it's all about. The working class people have been trounced since the 1970s. You know, incomes have kind of stayed stagnant. We've kind of gotten a little lazy, uh, if we're going to be honest, just like the Romans did when they built the, you know, people were uprising back then, and so they built the whole cathedrals or, all, or the, uh, the, the um, uh, you know, the big uh, sports arena type thing, and they started distracting people with that kind of stuff. And I think that's what's kind of happened today, too. We've, we've gotten distracted, and, you know, there's all the booze and the drugs and, you know, I was just talking to um, a, a guy. It was actually a family member of mine, and uh, her husband died when her, her one of her sons was pretty young, and he ended up getting into drugs, and now he's you know doing fentanyl and that kind of stuff. And and I'm just like, man, it's like that that fabric is that that family unit, the fabric has been broken down. That the wages are down, and all this stuff. And it's like we can turn this all around. Each and every one of us, the working class people of this world, not just in the United States, but the working class people of this world. All we really want to do is we want to wake up, feel good. We want to have a pleasant life. We want to spend time with our friends and family. That's what we all want. And you, the way to, the way to do this is to do what Kevin's doing. He's doing what he loves. That's what it boils down to. He's doing what he loves, and he's helping other people the best that he knows he can. He's helping other people solve their problems. And that's what all of us should be doing. So, again, if there's something out there that you love to do, career-wise or a relationship that you would like to have, well, make it your health, make it a priority and go for it. And, you know, hopefully people like myself and Kevin are giving you some advice, giving you some inspiration, uh, giving you some encouragement to get out there and go after your dreams and your goals and follow your highest excitement and and, and do the things that you love. Because if you're not doing that, like you said, you, you're, you're, we, we, we're becoming masters of limitation. There's no reason. I see people, man, it's like they got their hand out there, we, I've talked about this before where you're like holding off all the things that are trying to flow to you in your life and all the things that are trying to get away from you, you're hanging on to them for dear life for whatever reason. Put, bring your hand down, allow the good things to come into your life and let go of the things that are not serving you. We've talked about this just recently and um, allow the flow to come into your life. So Kevin, thanks again, my friend, for coming on here and being an inspiration to everybody. And I want to also thank the health heroes out there for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. Uh, this episode has inspired you and motivated you. Please share it with your friends and family. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. Um, I'm still very humbled to be one of the fastest growing alternative health podcasts in the world. And um, until next time, I just uh, much love to you guys. and Change yourself, change your world. And I'll see you guys again real soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon.
You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>